You know, as we look at these stories, this, this, what's typically called the Christmas story or the birth of Christ, as we examine it, as, as we look at it like we're going to today, there's some things that become abundantly clear. These things that, that sort of come to the surface, I, I want to share with you, I want to highlight them for you uh, today. And they're, they're very clear in the story of the birth of Christ, but they should also be true of our story as well, of our lives as well. And so as we look at these today, we see the, the, these truths about God playing out in this story, this Christmas story. But let me also encourage you as we look at these truths from the word of God, that you also see how these truths play out in your own life as well. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is no respecter of persons. He doesn't treat some people one way and other people another. And so as we see this play out, these truths play out, they're true just as much for our lives as they are in this story as well. And the first thing, there's three of them. There's only three. I know sometimes I can have nine points. Sometimes I can have 15 points. Today, there's only three. And all the parents with little kids say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the first is we see just so clearly in the birth of Christ is that God has a plan. God has a plan. A few weeks ago, I shared with the church how God's plan has been unfolding since creation. And that, that he, we see God's plan, how it unfolded in Adam's life as God redeemed his situation and, and even made the promise of a redeemer and brought it into focus from Adam to Abraham to Moses to King David, the plan of God moving forward. And the good news about God's plan is that our failures do not stop the plan of God from being accomplished. That's good news. Our failures, our faults, our weaknesses, our sin does not stop God's plan. We see that in Adam. We see that in Abraham. We see that in Moses. We see that in David. All of these men who were used by God but also failed God. But God doesn't fail. Though they failed, God doesn't fail. God's plan continues to unfold and continues to go forward. God's plan was a plan to redeem mankind, to redeem humanity to to restore what was lost through sin to fix what was broken you see when sin entered into the world our fellowship with god was broken our relationship with god destroyed and all of us the bible says have sinned have gone our own way have strayed from god but god has a plan to restore that fellowship between us in him. And Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, he is the fulfillment of God's plan. Jesus is the fulfillment of the plan of God. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his imminent return. This is God's ultimate plan and purpose. And so as we celebrate 
Christmas. We're celebrating not just a little baby in a manger, but we're not just celebrating angels and shepherds. We're not just celebrating wise men. We're celebrating the plan and purpose of God and the fulfillment of that plan. That's why we celebrate the birth of Christ. That's why we remember. That's why we pause. That's why we reflect. This story shows us so clearly that God has a plan. The second thing that we see so evident in the events of the birth of Christ is that not only does God have a plan, but that God is sovereign. What does that mean? That means that God has the power to accomplish his plan. That God is not weak, that God is not impotent, that God is, that God is not powerless. No, God has the power. He has the ability to make sure that his plan and his purpose is accomplished. God is sovereign and he has the ability to bring his plan to fulfillment. Isaiah chapter 46 is one of the clearest declarations in all of the Bible about the sovereignty of God. And I want to read to you a passage from this chapter. And this is God himself speaking in the first person. He says this, remember and stand firm. Recall it to mind. Remember the former things of old, you transgressors. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east the man of my counsel from a far country, basically saying that God is in control of every event. He is sovereign. God says, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart, you who are far from righteousness. I bring my righteousness near it is not far off and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. You see, God has a plan and we have plans too, but God is not like us. Oftentimes we don't have the ability to bring our plans to pass. We don't have the power to make our plans a reality. How many of you had some plans this year that didn't quite pan out the way you thought they would? Amen. Not God. God has the power to accomplish his plan. Because he is sovereign. His plan stands. His purpose stands. We see this so clearly in the, the story of Jesus' birth first and foremost, with Mary getting pregnant. When the angel comes to her and says, hey, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be the savior of the world. She says, I'm um, sorry to interrupt your speech, Mr. Gabriel, 
I hate to inform you that there are some details uh, that have not uh, happened yet. How am I going to get pregnant? How am I going to have a baby? He says the Holy Spirit is going to cause you to conceive in your womb and your baby will be the son of the Most High God because nothing is impossible with God. And the scripture says this was to fulfill what God had spoken through the prophet Isaiah that the virgin will be with child. You see, Mary brought that fact to the attention of the angels, said, listen, I, I, I can't give birth. I can't get pregnant. I, I have, I'm a virgin. He says, God is sovereign. He has a plan and he has the power to accomplish his plan. And guess what? You're going to be pregnant. And the Holy Spirit is going to put a little baby in your tummy. And he's going to be not the son of Joseph, but the son of God. We also see the sovereignty of God put on display clearly in the location of Jesus' birth. Mary and Joseph are not living in the town of Bethlehem. Though that is Joseph's hometown, though that is where his family is from, though he comes from the, the house of David, the family of King David, he's, the course of his life has taken him some hundred miles to the town of Nazareth where he's living with his wife. Well, God had foretold years before, hundreds of years before through the prophet Micah that the Messiah would be born in the city of David, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So how will God accomplish his plan? How will God move a woman who is nine months pregnant on the verge of giving birth some hundred miles to the town of Bethlehem? Well, God could have done it a hundred different ways. God could have chosen a woman of Bethlehem to be the mother of our Lord, but he didn't do that. 